Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Guys, today I have my one and only big sister or slash only sister, (laughs) Celeste. Yeah. Celeste Jose Bouchard on the show. I can't believe it's taken us 182 episodes to do this, but hello, sister. Well, the one with my boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, We we never did one just you and I together. So this is super exciting. Also, I love how you can throw in the middle name there. Nice long. I know. (laughs) That's how I introduce all my guests with their full names, birth names. Do your viewers know your full name? Well, first of all, they're not viewers. They're listeners. Second of all, I don't think so. And I don't think we're going to change that today. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'll throw it in there midway through the talk. We'll see. Okay. 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 We'll see. We'll see. Oh my gosh. I miss you, Cece. Guys, Celeste, my sister, she lives in Toronto and I don't see her that often, but we've always been super, super close growing up. Um, I think, you know, a lot of siblings grow apart with age, but I think Celeste and I have done such a great job at pretty much consistently being really close in each other's number ones, no matter what. And I think we definitely went through phases of like, you know, oh, yeah. fights. We went stuff. through one phase where it was just like, obviously we're sisters. We always fight. And I hate that. I hate when you say that. It's like, oh yeah, you're siblings. Typically siblings always fight. It's such a it doesn't sound good to say, but it is true. And it doesn't mean it has to always be really bad fights. It could be like when I used to wake up an hour early to get ready before high school and I'd use my own hair straightener, Mimi would like barge in 30 minutes before leaving and steal it from me and I couldn't say anything about it. Because she's okay, such a the hair straightener fights. The hair straightener fights when we're both teenagers were the most vile fights I've ever experienced. Like horrendous. For mom and why dad didn't, too, like it's so bad. Yeah, why didn't they just get us another hair straightener? <laughs> like, I don't would have <laughs> really relieved a lot. Would have relieved a lot yeah, of headaches. Seriously. Yeah, but so overall, we've always been super, super close. I've moved to Australia a few times. I moved to Montreal. You moved to London. You moved to BC. Like, no matter where we are in the world, no matter how much time difference there is. We've always managed to stay close, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of stemmed from yeah. like our childhood and like our upbringing. Our parents always like making sure we were really close all the time. And like, I don't know. I also think our age difference is perfect. It's five years. So Celeste is 28, you guys. Oh, or 20, wait, wait, when are you 29? Yeah, like Next year. Okay, it was just your birthday. Wait. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's 28. I'm 23, almost 24, which freaks me the hell out because I'm 24 in like just under two months. Um, And I think that age difference is actually perfect because we we weren't ever too close in age to have the same friends, which obviously can cause a lot of drama as a teen and stuff. But we were always kind of like enough apart to have that kind of relationship, I guess, you know? Yeah, and like similar interests as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was just going through videos earlier today. So our dad um, has 
literally just starting like two weeks ago, started converting all of our VHS files from when we were kids to DVDs or Blu-ray or whatever. And watching us when we were kids, we me literally is so humbling and such like so nice to see for my soul. It was just like the we had the cutest relationship. Like remember the one where I was coming down like our makeshift. Um, I don't know. Anyhow, I was jumping off something and I started jumping on the ground and then you just see Mimi running behind me, starts jumping with me, just like the most effortless, adorable, just like pure childhood memories that we had together was so nice. We were such freaking cute kids and we were so close all the time. Like just like, so we couldn't watch that much TV. Like we weren't like technology driven children. We didn't have PlayStation and we only had X amount of time in front of the computer and, t- and TV a day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Imagination's rule. So wholesome. <laughs> yeah, not so wholesome anymore, but... Okay, so let's talk. Basically, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Like, just a little, like, two, three minutes on who you are, what you do, your goals, and all that jazz. And then we're going to, I think for this episode, Celeste and I just wanted to A, just like introduce uh, her to you guys. And then B, talk about the fact that she did this like six week health cleanse earlier this year that I actually put her on because she had some health issues come up. And, you know, Celeste has always been super healthy. We were both raised in a very healthy household, but she was eating a little bit more processed food and was drinking a glass of wine every day or two glasses of wine every day and like just slightly not ideal if you have some health issues. So yeah, so we are going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about health and then we're also just going to talk about general sister stuff, maybe just like, I don't know, reminisce a little bit and then just add value to you guys in the sense of Celeste and I talking about things that, you know, has have helped us in our years and just as young women trying to navigate life in their 20s. So I don't really know where this conversation is going to go. I do know that I want to touch on the health thing for a bit before we get into all of that. And I'm going to be completely open about that as well. Yeah. But it's just girls start, too. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, go I've ahead. I've had actually a lot of women contact me after, even during and after my health, like because I was talking a lot about it on social media when I was going through it. And uh, it seems like a lot of women are going through the same problems. So I am really excited to touch base on that. But just to kind of introduce myself, um, I'm 28 years old. I am in the midst of developing a sustainable fashion line. Now, This year, we are going to release with custom tops to start and then hopefully actually by the end of the winter, if everything goes according to plan, come out with a small capsule collection to launch everything off. And when I say sustainable, that means running a completely circular business model. Um, And that means from everything from where we're manufacturing, where we're sourcing our textiles, we're using like lotus, lotus root textiles, banana leaf, a lot of hemp. Like the only silk we have is actually just hemp base. We're using hemp fleece. All these textiles are so gorgeous. <clears throat> so there's just a lot of things to consider in terms of sustainability. Definitely makes things more expensive and a little bit more to iron out in terms of the business model. But I'm working with my friend, uh, longtime friend actually, Kim, 
Kimberly Atcham on this line. We met in fashion school around five, six years ago. And that's pretty much what I've been doing. And during quarantine, I'm really, really just trying to focus on that and on myself and developing more content for Instagram because that's, I'm actually loving the time that this quarantine has been giving me to do things that I don't necessarily always find time to doing um, when I do have my nine to five business job. I'm also finding other ways to make money now, which means that I'm actually saving more now and I'm hopefully not going to have to go back to this job for too much longer once quarantine is over, which I'm super excited about. I am my goal this year, by the end of this year, is to just work for myself, uh, go full force in my brand. And I set myself a goal of having 85,000 Instagram followers by the end of the year. Which right now I have like 48. So that's an extra 40K. So that's like a big goal, but that's also something I want to do for myself because um, it gives, and I want them to all be babes. You know, I want to develop a better female following so that I can get more excited with my followers for my line when it comes out. And yeah, that's just super exciting to me. Yeah. That's pretty much what I've been up to. Mm -hmm. And just really for everyone listening, Really sorry, just for everyone listening right now that I can just hear some people, some haters being like, oh, people just care so much about Instagram. Instagram is free advertising. So she's, Celeste is wanting to grow her Instagram following to advertise her clothing brand that she's been working on for ages. And when she wants, when she launches, she wants to be able to have, you know, a great following on there. So it is a really, I think, you know. I also want to use my following for like marketing strategies. I want to ask you guys. Like what neckline do you like better? What textile would you rather wear? Yeah, exactly. So do you find, because let's touch on this quickly, because I know you were working for other people um, while doing your side business, um, you know, after work in the evenings and stuff. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast have that entrepreneurial energy to them, but they still are working for other people to obviously pay the bills. What kind of advice would you have to people like that, that, you know, feel quite overwhelmed because there's just so much to do all the time. You know, you're working for someone else. You're trying to do your own thing. Like how have you managed that? And oh, do you ever feel, literally- yeah. So talk about that. Cause I know, cause and want to maybe tell people quickly about um, your other job too, and how it like doesn't relate to what you want to do in your future. Like it's, it's not in fashion. hundred percent. So even, but so right now I work for um, a pretty big hospitality company in downtown Toronto uh, in the offices doing like all customer service and um, planning events, like small scale events. Um, so this is completely different <laughs> than what I'm doing, obviously, but it has taught me a lot about building a business and working with other people. I I know I've called Mimi multiple times being super stressed out saying like, I wake up early, I go to yoga, then I work from nine to five and then I go to my studio and then I'm home and it's right back to sleep. And I just don't feel like I ever have the, like the time slash energy to put in dedicated hours towards my brand. And I think at the beginning when you're, I feel, I felt paralyzed by it. I truly did. Um, but then I had to start finding ways to carve out the time, you know, spending more time on the weekends doing certain things, you know, not going out as much as see friends on the weekend because I had this 48 hours on the weekend to fully do my business. Um, and also working with the people I work. Uh, so I changed my hours at work. I went to my manager and I said, listen, 
doing nine to five isn't working for me, could I do 10 to six? Because I work really well in the morning, I'm giving myself that extra hour or two in the morning to maybe do some, some work on my computer instead of going into the studio really did help me. Yeah, honestly, that's such good advice. That's such good advice. If people can win that with their bosses. People People don't ask, right? I never felt like I could ask for that time change. Like I sat down one day and I was like, hey, obviously I still need this job. What can I do? What, what, where, where can I carve out the time to make the opportunity better for me to focus on what I love to do? Um, and then I realized that that morning time was really important. And I just had that conversation with them and they, they were very, they were very quick to, to want to help, you know, and a lot of people want to do that. A lot of people want to help. It's just, they don't know that you need the help until you ask. Hmm. Yeah. And you never get till you don't ask or till you, you never get until you ask. And my theory yeah. in life is like, you know, why not ask? Because if you get a no, then you're no worse off than when you first started. You know what I mean? Like there's zero point in not asking um, mm-hmm. and obviously doing it in the right way. But I want to ask you as well, like what keeps you motivated with the grind? Because like you're in the grind right now. You haven't launched yet. Like you've been grinding, going to the studio, like spending extra money on rent to, you know, rent a studio and like you're fully committed to your line. What keeps you yeah. motivated? And like, you know, just what, how do you combat those feelings of self, of self doubt that we all have? Obviously there's days where it's hard, but really my morning routine and going over my goals and doing my visualized meditations really helped me first thing in the morning. And now in quarantine is something that my boyfriend and I do together, which is really nice. And when you have that sense of doing these things together too, I think it enhanced it for me because I know like, Hey, I want to be with this guy and he is also wanting to visualize this better life for himself and for the both of us. So doing it together is amazing. Um, but honestly, Mimi, you sent me that meditation during this whole health kick that I did this the, three months ago. Now I think is when I started it. And the Joe Dispenza meditation that I have with the visualizations really helped me. Yeah. The Dr. Joe Dispenza ones. And that I honestly motivated hardcore because when I visualize Mm -hmm. something, I know how I want to see my life. That's the only way you're actually going to get there before I could have always said, Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. But it would just come in waves of you see something you want. Then you're like, Oh, I want to do that one day. But when you're visualizing this, it like structures this, this whole, like, it's like a movie in your head of what your life can be like. And if it's always there, then you're, I don't know, for me, I'm very visual and that's like, it it motivates me so much more seeing it. I totally, totally agree. And that's why I always recommend his meditations to a lot of people. And I'm actually in the process of, or already have been creating my own meditations that are very amazing as well. And I still tell people like that his morning meditation, Joe Dispenza's morning meditation is like literally life-changing and I wish there were more like his out there. Yeah. I wish there were more like his out there. And that's why with Mimi method that I'm launching next month, I'm creating my own meditations that have that same like action oriented aspect to it. Cause that's the thing with his meditations. Like they're all action oriented. Like you, you end that meditation not only like feeling kind of relaxed, whatever, but relaxed is not the intent. It's action focused drive motivation is the intent. And I think it just lacks in this world of so many different meditation apps. So 
super excited to send you all the ones that I'm creating as well, but I'm still going to be doing the Joe Dispenza ones every once in a while too, because they are so good. And like, he really does use like the mix between like the neuroscience and manifestation that I love. And I think that is just such an epic way. Yeah. Epic way to create the life of your dreams is like feeling like you already have it knowing inside out what it looks like. But like most importantly, and from what I've seen in my life, manifesting everything that I've ever dreamt of, it's like the more that I feel physically like that person, the more I manifest by acting as if I'm already them from like a feeling and emotional perspective, the more it's just attracted to me. When I eat properly and you mix that in with a constant daily practice of meditation and for me yoga, I I'm so blessed to have my yoga practice. That really changes my day. Like when quarantine is during quarantine, I like doing my yoga at night, but before quarantine, when I had more of a structured uh, schedule every morning at 7am. And I think when you combine that with meditation and eating properly, that's when, I don't know, I feel so much more compelled and motivated to start my day off and, like with with the biggest smile also on my face, I can feel like mm-hmm. I can just be more of like a superwoman when I have all those three things combined. Yeah, it just changes your energy. And what I've realized too is like, you know, your days kind of go by and you just feel the same all the time, even if your outside circumstances slightly change. You know, it mostly just depends on your mood. Like right now, I ha- I'm living a completely different life than the one I did a year ago, and sometimes I still catch myself like feeling not that blessed and grateful. And then I have to catch myself. I'm like, whoa, like, no, like you need to just be aware of how lucky you are and how much you've grown. And I think that really helps bring you to the next level as well. But what I want to talk about now, Cece, is your, that little health cleanse that you did and just how transformative it was for you. And like, maybe if you want to open up about like the health stuff as well. Okay. I'll kind of give like a little brief background. So I've always had, I know a lot of women have this as well. I used to get ovarian cysts quite often. Um, I had a lot of issues with this for years and years and years, and then it went away. And then just around before 2019 Christmas, yeah, Christmas of 2019, I got like the worst pain of my life after intercourse in bed. I couldn't move. And it was way worse than when this happened to me four years prior. I couldn't even breathe. I was in so much pain. Like my boyfriend did not know what to do. And then it happened again uh, a few weeks later. And after this, I'm like, okay, I probably have cysts again. I'm going to set up an appointment for, um, for an ultrasound. I got the ultrasound and then I went to work. And then literally two days later, my doctor's office called me saying, Hey, like we got your results. Can you come in? I'm like, Oh yeah. Like thinking it's just going to like, I know already what they're going to say. I'm like, yeah, like actually I work now and tomorrow. What about next week? And they're like, no, like, please come in today. So when you hear doctors say that, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, so I got up, I went there and they said right away that I, I had like a lot of blockage and I left fallopian tube and that they wanted to treat me right away with a heavy antibiotic to make sure it wasn't like an infection. And they put me on antibiotics that made me so sick. I like called me, me crying. Like I couldn't, Hold it down. It was just, it was so painful. And also while I was on these antibiotics, um, we already started this health kick. So I wasn't eating like very, very heavy foods and it just wasn't working. 
When I got all this news, I called Mimi and right away, right away, Mimi was at it, Googling um, what to do in this circumstance. And we found that eating an anti-inflammatory diet was the best thing. And that, uh, especially for inflamed uh, tubes, it's actually called hydrosalpinx, which really just translates to water in tube. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Mimi sent me and I was like, okay, anti-inflammatory. Like I've heard of it a little bit before. I know some things are more inflammatory than others, like dairy, like gluten. I didn't really know much about it. And then she sent me all of like this amazing, like these charts, these documents, these lists of things. And she put me on a, how many days was it exactly? 45. 45, 45 day um, intensive cleanse where I would only be eating fruits, vegetables, some seeds and nuts, teas, no coffee, uh, no smoking anything, no alcohol. Going to bed early, I would do the Joe Dispenza morning and night work, um, night meditation. Yeah. I need you to do yoga. both of them. 30 minutes oh, yeah. every morning, 30 minutes oh, every yeah. evening, guided yeah. visualization I meditations. That would be the hardest part. But to be honest, after the second week, that became the most routine. And that I love so much because I've brought that with me now. Honestly, I don't, I don't do the night meditation so much because when I'm tired at night, I get same. The night one, I, I don't do. <laughs> but um, I love doing them during like the middle of the day too, if you have time. But anyhow, and it wasn't even just I eat fruits and vegetables, is that there was a dirty and clean list. Any fruit or veg on the dirty list, you'd have to eat organic. And there's no nitrate vegetables, which was very interesting because after I introduced like tomato, raw tomatoes and nightshade, after I introduced that back in my diet afterwards, like my tongue swole up. Like the so first weird. I ate it. It was crazy. And then I tried introducing it a little bit more since after I've, I've been talking to a nutritionist and we're trying to find a new way to kind of really narrow down what I am allergic to. And it's been fine ever since, but more for cooked tomatoes are better for me. So anyhow, it, it turns out I just have all these hormones out of whack as well, which um, came about as a blocked fallopian tube. And just my stomach was always off. My skin last year was the worst it's ever been due to hormones. And so, yeah, it was really crazy finding all these things out. But I know a lot of women um, have these same kind of issues but eating an anti-inflammatory diet, I thought it was, it, it was difficult because it was very strict. Like I could only cook with certain oils and it was like no fried food at all. Sautéing vegetables were okay, but mostly baking. It was really intense, but honestly, it really showed myself that I could do it. And these are practices and like an understanding of my body that I know that I'm going to take with me for a very long time. It's honestly influenced the way that I even cook now. It really, wow, really. Oh, 100%. I never used to cook that much, Ryan, either. And I think me being on this cleanse also helped my relationship in terms of, like, sorry, not my relationship, but the man in my relationship because he learned a lot from it as well. And now we spend so much time together cooking at home and we, we, we treasure that time together a lot. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, going from where you were before, just like, you know, consistently drinking. Well, I was eating out too. I was consistently yeah. going out to restaurants because that's in my industry, which 
you know, you could even have a salad at a restaurant. That doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy for you. You don't know what oils are in it or anything, right? So learning like what oils are good and bad for you. Also eating vegetarian food, like eating like even like a veggie burger, you don't even know what they what they put in that either, right? So it really made me look at the ingredients more. And I have these really awesome little stores I go to that have like the freshest products that I never even went to before. So it's nice. It's changed a lot for me. So obviously this isn't going to like cure the hydrocell planks because that's, it's a big, you guys should Google it. If you don't know what it is, it's like, it's, it's a big, you know, it's a big health scare for a lot of people. Um, but Celeste is now working with, um, a nutritionist. So my good friend, Tay, who's been on the podcast, she's good friends with this doctor, Dr. Mallory that she's worked with a lot. And apparently she's like insanely amazing. So when this whole thing happened, you know, as, the protective sister that always wants to control situations um, yeah. does <laughs> me. Um, I'm like, okay, we're going to go this. We're going to do this. Like I literally sent Celeste all these supplements to take. I did all my research on it. Like I feel like I have a degree in hydrosalplinks now because I feel like I know everything about it. I was like, you're going to do this, 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 this. We're going to get one of the top nutritionists involved. I actually messaged so many. What? Sorry, really quick. Tell them about the um... – the probiotics you gave me were life-changing. Oh my God. Okay. So I sent her because obviously the doctor put her on antibiotics and then she started to be so sick taking them that she couldn't even keep them down. So then I, you know, told her to go into this natural alternative. Um, what was it again? That supplement I gave you. Oh, the Chinese supplement. I can't even remember. Chinese medicine. Yeah. Something super random. Um, but yeah, so it, it, that supplement was, probiotics. It, yeah, so that one, it kind of, you know, intense medication, like antibiotics and even the Dong Hui, or I forget the name, but whatever that one was like, they, they are tough on your gut microbiome because obviously that it's quite a disruptor. It's trying to kill the bad stuff. So Celeste had to go on to a really big high dosage of probiotics of healthy, good lactobacillus, um, probiotics for her gut um, afterwards. So I once had a round of these a couple years ago and my gut wasn't great. And it's like the VSL3 or something. Um, and you have to buy them online. They're freaking expensive. Um, I think they were like three, $400 for a pack of 30 and uh, Canadian dollars. And I got them for Celeste because I was like, you need to take these so badly. It comes in like a powder that you mix with water. And I think there's like how much, how many strains are there in them? Do you know? Like oh, 400. You know, I have a package downstairs still though. We, we, we can write it in the podcast notes after. It's like 400 know. billion or something. Like an insane yeah. amount. Anyway, so she went on to that. And how, like, how did you notice it changing your gut? The good probiotics? Like, were you going to the bathroom better? Like, what did you notice? Oh, yeah. Like your skin get better? Yeah. And yeah. tell me about my, that. My number twos. Didn't even smell. <laughs> like, I was even telling my boyfriend, I'm like, you could go right in there if you want because nothing smells. It, it was insanity. Oh, I don't Which even mean just for me. I'm eating so healthy too. But even after I was finished the round of 30, Mimi, you know me, I was always um, like susceptible to like the yeast infections and UTIs and just like anything like that. And I haven't even had 
like, you know, like not, no, no smell, no weirdness, nothing down there ever since because our female reproductive system also is completely connected to our gut, completely connected to our gut. So I still feel amazing. You even told me like after you took this round, like you were good for a year. Oh yeah. No, like I, when I was having my insane gut issues two years ago, like I was getting chronic yeast infections. Like I was literally, and it was so crazy because I was eating so low carb at the time too. So I knew it was something bigger and it ended up being linked to birth control. Like it was actually the craziest experience. And if you guys want to hear more about that, go back to my earlier episodes. Um, I talk about birth control and my gut issues in depth, but all to say, yeah, it's crazy. Like I literally haven't had any since, but I also, it's not just because of the probiotics. It's because of the other medication I was taking for my gut issues at the time. And the probiotics afterwards really helped too, for sure. Yeah, no, I loved them. Everything was great. Definitely. So basically the whole cleanse ended and then quarantine literally started the next day. So being in quarantine, I'm not going to lie, two weeks after that, I was like, okay, like I could dabble in this and that. And then I started feeling shit and my mood was sh- was bad and I wasn't feeling productive. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why am I so lethargic? I'm not mentally, I didn't think at the time, affected by this quarantine, but it's crazy that the relation between food and my mood was so heavy. So it's been a month now that I'm back to like to eating better and like not drinking as much because definitely like as soon as quarantine hit and I didn't have work and we were all here and then I went to our, our parents' house and I went to Ryan's parents' house and my whole routine was out of whack and I completely fell through the well not completely but I was definitely eating gluten every day cheese again cheese is a huge no no for me it always has been. I always had to remind myself because I love cheese so much. It's so no inflammatory, Celeste. I say no cheese. Cece, no cheese. It's so it's so inflammatory, and so is gluten. And I think the hydrosalpings is so linked to your body being inflamed because everything that like everything that I've read about from like a health perspective, it's always like all the negative health you know, effects that you, that you can receive from anything, it's all linked to inflammation. So, uh-huh. I, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor. I just do a ton of research on health. So I'm not trying to give anyone medical advice, but Celeste is my sister. And I told her exactly what I would do if I was her. And she had to wait for a ton of doctors. And I was not okay with the fact that all these doctors were telling her to take these antibiotics that are making her throw up and that she, you know, there's nothing else she can do. I think there's always an alternative. And that's why I obviously got her uh, to speak to that other, that my friend Taze nutritionist, um, holistic nutritionist, Dr. Mallory. Is she a holistic nutritionist? I, I actually think she's, I don't even know. No, she's a doctor, I think. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Yeah, Mallory. Dr. Yeah, she's a doctor. So, um, yeah. She's a lot of female stuff too, which is great. So with her, she's sending me these uh, these um, hormone tests that I'm going to be taking. I think she said 18 to 20 days after your beginning of your cycle my last cycle is on the 7th so I have to wait like another week or two and then it's like a bunch of pee swabs and then I send it in and then they'll send it right back to me the results I also have to go in for a bunch of other tests to my actual doctors so Mm -hmm. that's happening I think I have my appointments for next week and then after this so I'm supposed to have my specialist appointment May 11th but obviously with everything going on they had to uh, push it back a bit 
and it's in August. So I'm already eating really healthy, but what I'm going to do uh, in the next, I think it was, I put it in my agenda for the beginning of June, June, July, I'm going to go pretty heavily back on a cleanse just to give my body that extra push so that when I do go in for my doctor's appointment at the hospital and they do the ultrasounds and tests, I want to see how much my body using the skills that we, that Mimi uh, taught me just through eating, how much that could reduce the size of the blockage of my fallopian tube. I just think it's such a beautiful, the body is such an incredible, beautiful thing. And I want to see how much I could push myself mm-hmm. and see the results. Yeah, no, for sure. And <laughs> you're doing all the work. What? Yeah, I don't wanna, I don't it's very intrusive uh getting surgery, so I want to mm-hmm. really try my hardest to just avoid that completely. Just trial it out, you know, like try to think your way to health and I know that just sounds so crazy, but like, you know, with all the the meditations and stuff you're doing, like feel like you are completely 100% healthy with no issues, no hydrocephalic links. Like dis regard that word and feel like it's not even part of you and act every day like you don't have any issues until obviously you know you have to make a decision like a surgery if you come to that point but I think it's so interesting that so many people have actually cured themselves with thought alone and maybe it's just because I've been delving into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work so much lately and I'm just such a big believer in this like he in his events like he literally will guide people through meditation and like, and track their brain waves and someone with like 30 tumors in their brain, like the tumors will physically be gone after that hour meditation. Like it's actually just crazy how things can change. And, you know, it does sound very woo woo and maybe even dangerous, um, saying this from a lot of people's perspectives. Cause it's like, no, just like trust the doctors and stuff. But it's like, there's always other options. I think that aren't as intrusive and listen at the end of the day if Celeste you need to get a surgery and then you're going to get it. But I think there's so many steps before that. And that's what I'm just trying to, you know, think myself as well. Like with everything in life, not just health, like, you know, our, our brains, that's the, you know, the area between both of our ears, it kind of rules our entire being. Right. And why not try to achieve what you want in an effortless way by just controlling your mind? right? It's also self-growth, right? While you're connecting so much to your brain and seeing how far you could push the positivity in your being, in your soul, you're learning so much about yourself as well. You're connecting to yourself. You're taking time to thank your brain, to, to try understanding how it works. Just that introspection already is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Let's move on to more general life stuff. Cece, you have been through so many different things in your 28 years. You've gone through so many phases. Guys, Celeste was always the one. Like, she's very chill today. I think because you're kind of tired or, like, feel your neck hurts, Celeste, right? You're kind of just, like, in a meh mood. But, like, she's usually, like, and then this, and then that. Like, she's usually, like, insanely hyper. So I'm actually really, like, soaking in this valuable time with you where you're just chilled. (laughs) So sitting on a bag chair. Like, yeah, you have you're no idea. Mellow. You're very <laughs> mellow and I'm into it. We'll bring you on again when you're a bit more hyper so people can see that contrast. But um, 
you've obviously been through so much in your life. You've gone through so many phases of things. Like Celeste was always the one that like, you know, she was like emo in high school for a bit. And then she was like a preppy girl for a bit. Like she always like bounced back and forth from like all these different phases. And um, now you're, you're, you've balanced out to be the true you, the authentic you, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pay yeah. the path. <laughs> um, so let's talk about like just like maybe kind of to close off this episode, let's talk about your top three biggest pieces of advice for somebody in her for a woman in her early twenties that is still trying to figure it all out. Like think about what okay, actually better question. What three pieces of advice would you give to twenty year old Celeste? Um, I was thinking about this the other morning because obviously I've made some decisions in my past that don't really at all coincide with who I am today. And a lot of my past, like my past relationship, I would get really down on myself because I didn't feel respect in my relationship because of my past decisions. And I had to fully develop self-love because of that. So something I would tell my past self would definitely be as much as you want to fit in and find the easier path, don't be influenced by people around you if it's negative. I'm very easily influenced as a human and I know I still am. And I'm trying every day to just become, you know, every day that I am and I understand more about myself, I am less influenced, but I definitely think that's the number one. I would tell my younger self to just take a step back and think about it before making a decision. Because it can set you back years, <laughs> for sure. So that's number one. Number two would be to read more. I love reading. And I think reading has really been a huge key factor in my self-growth and motivation. And I only found reading again like a year and a half, maybe maybe two years ago. Read more care um care less about what other people are doing and then what is another one like what would you tell old Celeste before making stupid decisions like and we don't need to get into those decisions you know obviously a lot of them are personal but Celeste was very reckless and thought that like the world like a lot of people are when they're younger but she like you never knew that there were going to be consequences for some actions Mm -hmm. I think you you were just like bulletproof you know hundred percent. And I love that about myself that I'm so good go-getter, but like you got to be a good go-getter in the right direction. It's about, dire- it's about direction, right? Um, so and what's the last, no. biggest, the last, last one is saying no. I used to just say yes to everything and that wasted a lot of time. And as much as I want to please other people, you got to think about yourself first sometimes and saying no is very powerful. Mm, so it's so powerful. If it doesn't feel good, then say no, you know, and I actually read this thing. We're going to close it off this way. Cause I really, this is just such a good quote. I read this on Instagram the other day. I forget how it exactly went, but it essentially was a quote that said, even good people say no sometimes. Like you're allowed to say no, even if you're a good person. And that's just such a great reminder for so many people because we're often pressured into saying yes. And honestly, I felt this way a lot lately, especially during quarantine. Like I've had every small business that I've ever interacted with um, reach out to me and be like, hey, like, can you promote us because COVID? And like, I've had to say no to most of them because I can't promote everyone and I can't inundate my 
social media with promotions after, you know, one after the next. And, um, as much as I want to help small businesses and I do with the ones that I'm close with that, that I personally have close relationships with and want to help out, I, I can't like be spread thin and I don't like feeling like people only talk to me when they need something from me. I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I've just had this annoying thing about that. And I've had like 40 unread WhatsApp messages since quarantine. Cause I just like, there's so many people asking of me and I felt guilty at first. Cause I was like, Oh, but like everyone like COVID and this. And I was like, no, fuck that. Like, sorry to swear. But like, you know, if people only want to talk to me when they need something A and B, like I'm a really good person. I've helped a lot of these people already for free. You know, I've promoted a lot of stuff for free before, but it's at the point now where it's like, I can say no. I, I don't want to promote a billion gajillion things all the time. And I can say no. So that's just my kind of like story on that. People are always like, oh, I don't want to say no. I don't want them to think this of me. But guess what? When you can say no to something, people look back on, on, and say, wow, I could not have said no to that. Like, I respect that. I respect mm-hmm. people that will say no to going on a night out because they want to wake up early. I'll respect people who say no if it benefits themselves. Because if you continuously don't think about yourself, Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do at the end of the day? You only have yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I love you guys all so much. I'm so happy you got to meet my sister. I'm going to go on my long 10,000 step walk now because it's so nice out. and I'm itching to get outside. Huh? How long does that take you? Uh, like an hour and a half. Nice. Yeah. But I have a good podcast to listen to. Um, but Cece, before we go, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? And obviously everyone listening, go follow her, go DM her and just see what she's all about. All of you guys, you could find me at Celeste.Bouchard. That's C-E-L-E-S-T-E Bouchard, obviously. And yeah, also on some of Mimi's pictures. Mimi, we need to take more pictures together. I know. We say this every time we see each other and then we're just in PJs and sweats and we're like, oh, not now. Okay. I love you. I love you.